I feel like if my water broke in any public place, uh-huh. I would try and downplay it and just be like, my, my, I don't know why I peed myself. <laughs> oh, weird. It's all bloody. It's <laughs> interesting. I'm going to go. Yeah. God damn! I have something to go take care of. (laughs) I'll be back in a couple of days. (laughs) With a baby. Yeah. And skinny. (laughs) Anyway, this rolls into my goddamn pretty perfectly because I have started maternity leave. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. So Uh, when this comes out, you'll have been on maternity leave for like a whole week. I know. How does it feel? Um... (laughs) So far, it's been really busy, and I have a really busy week next week, but I'm sure it feels wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that you got through it. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell people, like, no, I'm not doing shit. Leave me alone <laughs> is what I'm going to tell those people. <laughs> yeah. So what's your goddamn, Erin? Uh, my goddamn is that... A couple weeks ago, my assistant quit, and you know all of the circumstances surrounding that, but I'm not going to get into them. You sound really super fancy and rich. My assistant quit. (laughs) My personal assistant who follows me around and just does all of my work. (laughs) And it's really unfortunate because he knew how to make a solid cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) He knew exactly how I took it. (laughs) Uh, No. No, not my personal assistant. I'm not rich or fancy. It's my (laughs) assistant at work who literally is just like a junior designer type of person. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So he left. Not going to go into that. (laughs) I I know all the details of that, but no one else needs to know. No. But I've been trying to find a new assistant Uh and holy fucking shit. I don't know if it's like slim pickings out there right now (laughs) or what. I am not getting the cream of the crop here. Oh, no. Just some of the resumes that I get and some of the, like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Just some of the things that that people send in. I'm like, this is, you know you're sending this to a company, right? (laughs) Like, have you never taken a class on how to build a resume? (laughs) Have you, you didn't even read it, did you? (laughs) Did you, have you Googled before? Yeah. There was one I got that was, the person obviously took literally a template from, like, online or whatever, and they didn't fill it out all the way (laughs) so the end of it was just like the template writing still like this is where I would put a blurb about where I went to school and it was like all in lorem ipsum which is like a latin fucking fake text I'm like (laughs) are you serious is that the one you sent me the screenshot of and I was like what the fuck does that mean (laughs) and you were like it's like filler text and I'm like it looks like someone just bashed their face on the keyboard literally (laughs) that's what it's meant to look like but it's meant to look like you did that in English (laughs) oh my god yeah another one that I got was like people telling me their religious beliefs and Uh I'm like but this is a job (laughs) yeah like I I'm I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but can you do the job? Yeah, like, good for you. <laughs> but you don't need to put that on here. <laughs> That's a little much. I got, I think I told you about the girl who was like, I'm actually a mermaid. I grew up on a rock. Yes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> to be fair, I seriously think you need to interview that person. <laughs> I'm not going, I'm not touching that. I'm not going near that. <laughs> You've had too many crazies. I've had too many crazies. And then I like Google all of these people, all the names or the names of the ones where I'm like, you don't sound insane. Yeah. And so I'll Google them to be like, maybe. And then I've gotten so many people that are like, these are all my spiders. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally your nightmare. These are all my spiders. Literally, this this person was like, this is my favorite one and like holding it and stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to vomit. Like, I can't do spiders at all. Like, what if she brought them to work? I mean, on the plus side, she could take care of the spiders for you. Because remember your blowtorch story? I was going to say, that's why I have a blowtorch. (laughs) We've been through this. Well, me and the lady that work there right now, like, we have opposite fears. She's not afraid of spiders. I'm not afraid of lizards. So she's terrified of lizards. I'm terrified of spiders. Yeah. You got a deal working out. Yeah, we have an opposite responsibility here. I've only had to handle one lizard so far, but (laughs) spiders are a lot more plentiful than lizards. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't need someone who's going to be like, I don't know, what if she holds them and is like, oh, just take it outside. Like, "Mm." I mean, it's kind of a plus, but I guess your spider 
issue is taken care of with your other coworker. You're not looking for a spider handler. I'm not looking for a spider handler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking for someone who I can literally sit across the desk from for six to eight hours a day. Uh-huh. And who, who can... isn't insane, doesn't drive me up the wall, and can... Do some work. Do work. Yeah. Like, you can listen to direction. And apparently that person doesn't exist, or my standards are too high. It's because that person is me. But I already have a job. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> but I can't pay you as much as your job is paying you, so. <laughs> oh, man. Well, welcome to episode 40. Yeah. Welcome to episode 40, everybody. This is big 4-0. We're I over know. the hill. Dude, can you believe we've done 40? No, that's we're gonna insane. S- we're going to say that at every, like, 10 milestone. milestone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still, it doesn't feel like it. No. We haven't gotten any better, guys. <laughs> I know. I don't know why you're still sticking around. I appreciate it, but I don't get it. <laughs> oh, man. Cracks me up. Yep. All right. So it's my turn to go first? Yes, ma'am. And this is Aaron. Even though we actually did get someone to tell us that they can tell us apart. Yeah, they said your voice is more high-pitched. Who knew? I didn't know. I listen to us both all the time, and um, because obviously I edit it, so I have to. (laughs) Uh, But I didn't realize that my voice is higher pitch. I know. I have a hard time telling us apart, but I do know that sometimes, like if I'm sick or whatever, my voice is definitely deeper. Yeah. I can make it deeper. Do you, what, should I talk like this? Yeah. <laughs> All I have is my Silence of the Lambs voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yours is a little scary. And I can only do that for short periods of time before <laughs> I start to giggle. So <laughs> so we're not going to count on that. No. I mean, if they're still with us, they know who the fuck we are. Yeah. 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 Or they just don't care. So. Nope. Doesn't matter. Get yeah. to the story. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of listeners, though. Ooh, great nice. segue. Yeah. What are you, a professional? You've done this 40 times already? I've done it at least 40 times. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is from a listener uh-huh. from Stephen Decker from Twitter. Ooh, what's up, Stephen? Mm-hmm. What'd Stephen suggest? He suggested Christopher Porco. Okay. Mm-hmm. And apparently this happened right down the road from his high school. Oh, so, shit. <laughs> yeah, a little hometown action. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm telling you, people like to hear about their hometowns. I know. I mean, I would, too. I would, too. And I, that's why I did some in San Diego. So uh, Exactly. All right. Christopher Porco, which sometimes I refer to him as Chris. I don't know if he referred to himself as Chris, but I occasionally do. I bet he did. Yeah. He was born on July 9th in 1983, and he lived in Del Mar, New York. Ooh, confusing. I don't know if it's Del Mar, like our Del Mar, or like Delmer. <laughs> oh, okay. Is it one word? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So, but I, I'm used to saying Del Mar, so yeah. if that's wrong, I apologize. They'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure they will. His parents were together, and he had an older brother. His dad was Peter Porco. <laughs> <laughs> we're such dicks. I've been trying so hard not to address his last name. Porco? Because I don't know if he's a dick or if he's a victim. <laughs> yeah, just don't yet, you know? But Peter Porco, <laughs> Stop every, every time I, I had to type it I, or, like, say it in my head, I just think of, like, Peter Parker. Yeah. Peter Porco. Peter Parker. Wasn't that Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, don't be a dick to this guy. Okay. he doesn't end well. Okay. He was an appellate division court clerk. Mm-hmm. And Chris's mom was a speech pathologist for an elementary school. Alrighty. His brother was a naval officer stationed in South Carolina, and he was 23 years old at the time of this event, which is in, like, 2004, I believe. Okay. And Chris is 21 at that time. Okay, so it's his older brother. Yes. His brother and he had, like, a strained relationship, and I think that the brother was kind of the favorite child or better child in this situation uh-huh i guess you can't say favorite cause he was like the black sheep he wasn't really a black sheep it didn't seem like but the brother seemed like he was doing better in life he was the golden child how about yeah. that the brother yeah. was the golden child yeah chris was attending university of rochester during the fall of 2003 and that's a private university in rochester new york and tuition in 2004 was about $30,000. Shit. Yeah. God depending damn. on what you were studying. But oh, that's that was the average. So these people are rich. Yeah. It's averaging <laughs> about $50,000 a year now. And that's just for tuition. Just to kind of give you like a. Jeez. It's a, it seems like a pretty good school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So his parents were relatively well off and 
obviously he got accepted into this private university and stuff so mm-hmm. good for him right yeah come on chris well after the grades for the fall of 2003 came out oh the university <laughs> forced him to withdraw because he was failing oh no 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 yeah if we're paying 40 grand yeah you're acing every goddamn test yeah exactly like listen you're teaching the class <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no just there's no failing. There's, There's no oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're paying for it yourself. In yeah. which case, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, that's true. But if mom and dad are paying for this, uh-huh. bet your ass they're going to be on you, right? Yeah. And so he told his parents that a teacher had misplaced his final exam, and that was why he failed out. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they took, they misplaced my final exam. Sorry. Or you just didn't take it, or you missed it for some reason, or, or you, you failed, failed it, it, or whatever. Yep. Like, just lying to his parents, right? Yeah. He was readmitted the next year using forged transcripts oh. and told his parents that since it was the professor's fault that he had failed out of college, that the school was going to waive his tuition for the upcoming year. Oh, sure. Did his parents buy this shit? I guess. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. They didn't say that they didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> In reality, he took out a $31,000 loan to pay for this next year's tuition. Ooh. And he forged his dad's signature as a co-signer. <gasps> no. Yeah. So, as dads do, Peter checked his credit score and realized what had happened. Oh, my gosh. So, he had to kill his son. Is <laughs> <laughs> what you're telling me. Right. Well, a step down from that, he went and emailed Chris, and he was like, dude, what the fuck, right? Yeah. Like, don't use my credit like what are you talking about yeah and that's so not cool he said quote you should have called me to discuss it yeah. so to me that sounds like the dad is willing to try and help him or like work it out you know like a but, normal dad kind of situation like dude what the fuck that's a lot nicer than what i would have typed in an email to my son right <laughs> <laughs> but he said in the email that he was going to call citibank and tell them to take him off that loan can you just do that I mean, if you say that you it was forged it. or yeah, whatever, maybe. yeah, mm -hmm. I'm sure you'd have to be able to. Yeah. So then he called Citibank and they were like, hey, guess what? You're also the co-signer of this brand new Jeep Wrangler. <gasps> oh, shit. Yeah. First of all, dream car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, what the fuck? I am not the co-signer of that. Yeah. And if you're already like... You're lying about your tuition and stuff. You're just going to go out and buy a new Jeep Wrangler. This like, guy has some balls. Serious balls. So turns out Chris also went out and bought a brand new Jeep Wrangler. Mm -hmm. He got yellow, which Ew. is super subtle. <laughs> and he forged his dad's signature as a co-signer on that document as well. And this is a sixteen to $25,000 car back then. Oh my the god, way. what is this guy doing? Fucking burning all bridges. Yes, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Christopher. But apparently, if it works once, he's like, well, it's gonna work a second time, wow, right? Wow, look, there's just money everywhere. Yeah. All you have to do is just say you want it. Yeah, exactly. Just say that, yeah, my dad will totally help me pay for it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No one will ever find that out. No. Also, who gets a yellow car? <laughs> like, well, I was just thinking, you said this happened in like early 2000s? Yeah, 2004. That was like a big color back then. Was it? Yeah, like everybody got yellow shit. Like oh. yellow Mustangs, yellow Wranglers, yellow... Oh. I can't think of another yellow thing. But they were all like that bright yellow. Yeah. Was it because of like Transformers? <laughs> Bumblebee? Oh, maybe. Probably. I don't know. I just remember everybody started getting yellow. I think of yellow cars and I just think of like, oh, that's a drug dealer. <laughs> Sorry if anyone has yellow cars. Just know I think you're a douche. <laughs> oh, man. So the dad's pissed at this point, right? Uh-huh. And Chris isn't answering any of his phone calls. So Peter emails Chris again. And this time he's like, hey, man, knock this shit off or I'm going to be forced to file forgery affidavits if you do it again. Yeah. And remember his dad works in the yeah, appellate. appellate division. Yeah. But he knows like court people. He and knows his shit. Lawyers and stuff to be like, yo. But he ended the email with, we may be disappointed with you, but your mother and I still love you and care about your future. Okay. Such a dad move, right? Yeah, like, very nice. Sounds like he's got a very level head on his shoulders. Yeah, he's just like, dude, come on. Like, you can't Ooh, be doing this shit. My emails would not have said any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that hopefully mine would. 
But also, if my son went and bought a yellow Jeep Wrangler, which a Jeep Wrangler alone is my dream car. If my kid Give went me out, that fucking car, kid. Yeah, if my kid went out and got one, I'd be like, why'd you get yellow, first of all? <laughs> That's not the color I want. Uh-huh. Second of all, I'm going to take this from you because you don't deserve it. <laughs> Third of all, I'm going to kill you now. Third of all, you're still going to pay for it yeah. <laughs> with all of your money. <laughs> Oh, man. But also, that kind of breaks my heart because obviously the dad cares. Yeah. And, like, it kind of reminds me of how my dad would handle the situation. Yeah, he's trying to guide his son back onto the right path. Exactly. Yeah. So then two weeks later, on November 15th, 2004, Peter and Joan were found in their home. They had been attacked while they slept in their bed the night (gasps) before. Oh, no. Peter had been hit in the head with an axe 16 times. Oh, my God. And was deceased. I'm assuming with the sharpened. Yeah, I'm oh assuming that as well. Oh my god. Part of his jaw was cut off. Ew. And he had lived for a few hours after the attack. Stop it. But he had ultimately died, obviously. <gasps> How? What the fuck, right? How did he live? I'm going to get into that a little bit more in oh just a little bit. my god. That's terrifying. Actually, just right now. So okay, I'm ready. <laughs> the most horrific part of this entire thing is yeah. that... Peter was dying of his wounds, and apparently, I learned some shit about brains. Uh-huh. His neocortical region of his brain was damaged. Goddamn, you sound smart. Don't I? <laughs> <laughs> but the deeper brain structures were still somewhat intact. Oh, my God. The deeper part of the brain that wasn't damaged controls the second nature habits. Okay. So Peter got out of bed. He put on clothes. You stop it. He went downstairs to get breakfast. I'm sorry, what? He went outside to get the newspaper. With his jaw hanging With off? With his face off, basically. He locked himself out and he used <gasps> the spare key that they had hidden in a flower pot to get back inside where he finally died of blood loss. Oh my God. What? That's a thing? Apparently. What the fuck? Did anybody see him? I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't know. Could you imagine going outside and you're like, hey, Peter. No. No. That's literally like my nightmare. Yeah. You're fucking literally like a zombie at that (gasps) point. You're a walking like. That's so weird. You're just muscle movements. Oh, like electrical pulses. Yeah. Like you're a vegetable, but you're not. Like you're a walking ghost, essentially. Did he try to eat the dinner? the breakfast he made it didn't say okay <laughs> that's a very important detail seeing as part of his jaw was cut off oh my god i didn't know that was a thing i didn't either i didn't know you could do that i didn't either oh isn't that gosh. horrifying though that's terrifying yeah that's so awful hopefully yeah. he didn't know he was doing like he couldn't have known i don't think he did because you wouldn't have done all that <laughs> yeah i think that the part of his brain that was damaged was like the here and now so like i don't think that he had like the pain sensors maybe and stuff like that oh my god okay hopefully wow hopefully just wow yeah he was literally like a zombie yeah like a walking ghost that's how the apocalypse is gonna happen seriously we're all gonna lose this the here and now part of our brain that's fucking and horrifying. we're just gonna be walking around trying to fucking eat breakfast <laughs> with no jaw yeah. So Joan had been hit in the head with an axe three times. Oh my God. Why an axe, people? Right? That's like axe murderers, man. I don't know. Ugh. Like, that's horrifying. She was found lying in their bed surrounded by blood. Yes. She had lost an eye and part of her skull and Ugh. had severe facial disfigurement. Oh, she lived. Stop it. Yeah. How? I don't Did, was know. Was she awake when her husband was walking around making breakfast? I don't think so. Oh, my God. I would assume she's out. Right and fully fucking unconscious. How did they find her? How did they find them? I couldn't find that. Okay. They just, it was just the next morning? It was like, yeah, later in the afternoon a little bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fucking. What? Horrifying. She lived? She lived. She's alive. What does she look like? She actually looks better than you'd expect, I think. Really? Yeah. Apparently, she's like a total sweetheart, though, <gasps> so. Oh, my God. and she still lives in that same town and everything oh my god this is blowing my mind yeah oh yeah i think since she had lost an eye like one of her eyes is a glass eye but yeah yeah she testified at the trial and everything they do real good with glass eyes now yeah they do yeah i mean like there's obvious scars yeah (gasps) okay keep going yeah you need to know what happens yeah so 
The axe that the family owned was found in the bedroom, and a key to their home was found in the door. It was normally kept in the potted plant by the door as like a hide a key. But he probably, but that guy used it. Peter yeah, used it yeah, to unlock like the door. Yeah, like we know Peter used it to unlock the door, but like police going into it right away didn't know. Yeah, yeah. How did they know Peter used it? They like saw blood everywhere and probably see where he like landed? saw tracks and stuff. Yeah. Huh. Maybe like his feet had dirt on them. I don't know, from like going outside and then back inside. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. The house alarm had been turned off at 2.30 a.m. and the phone line had been cut at 5 a.m. Oh, no. A lawyer later said that sometimes when Peter would let the dog out at night, he would turn off the alarm and forget to turn it back on. Yeah. But I'll bet he, like, rarely cut the phone lines. (laughs) You know? (laughs) That's probably not something that he normally did. (laughs) Yeah. So even if the alarm was off, the phone line was still cut. There's some fishy fucking... And, and they were both attacked with an axe. Yeah. That some Someone was in there yeah. doing some shit. Yeah. The family dog, his name was Barrister, was uh-huh. a Labrador, wasn't reported to have been barking that night. Okay. So it's probably somebody that knew, mm-hmm, knew the, the family. family. So right when police found Joan, they realized that she was alive and they tried to ask her who did it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She wasn't able to speak, but an officer asked her if it was a family member, and she nodded her head yes. Wow. They asked her if it was her older son, and she shook her head no. They asked her if it was her younger son, Chris, and she nodded her head yes. Whoa. So police immediately start looking into Christopher, right? Oh my gosh. How could you do that to your parents? Fuck, man. Who were so sweet? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, wow. For, for not flipping out on you when you take out over 40 grand in loans. Seriously. 40 maybe to he was, 50. Like, maybe he was looking for, like, life insurance. I oh, guess. my gosh. But these parents sounded like reasonable people. Yeah. Who, like, hey, man, I really need you to quit fucking up and get your life on track. Yeah. Let's do but this. But not, like, you're such a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, not the overbearing, like, my parents are so horrible I have to kill them type of people. No. Like, that seemed really unnecessary. Super unnecessary. So, meanwhile, Chris called the police from his dorm in Rochester, and he was like, hey, I just got a call from a reporter saying that my parents were found dead this afternoon. Oh my god, this piece of shit. Uh, I was wondering if you have any more information on that. Oh. That's a quote. Were you? Uh, Is that what you were wondering? Could you please provide me a little bit more information and background on that scenario? Yeah. And I guess he sounded super calm. Get out of and here, was Chris. Just like, like, uh, is there anything else? That uh, I can is that know all? That? Is that everything? Am is, I caught up? How do I wrap this up? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So the dispatchers got him to tell them what dorm he was staying in, and they told him that his mom was in the hospital, and basically, like, he should get down there, right? Yeah. Don't know how she's gonna do. Yeah. So by this point, the police realized all the fuckery that had been going on with his loans and stuff and Uh forging his father's name. So they're like, oh, we think we found a motive. Exactly. They also discover that his parents have a life insurance policy and he and his brother stand to collect a decent chunk of change. Aha. Even more motive. Yes. But the University of Rochester is 230 miles away from his parents' house. Okay. So police start digging, right? Mm-hmm. And his yellow Jeep Wrangler, super subtle car, yes, is seen leaving the campus on November 14th by four security cameras at 10.30 p.m. Uh-huh. And then police ask the toll booth collectors, because they were still a thing in 2004, I guess. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, but a toll collector remembered seeing Christopher's fucking yellow Jeep Wrangler. Right? At 1045. That's a car you're going to remember. Exactly. And this was at a toll just outside of Rochester. Mm-hmm. And then a collector in Albany, New York, remembered a yellow Jeep Wrangler speeding up to his toll at about 2 a.m. Oh, shit. So not only do you have fucking distinctive car. Yeah. <laughs> but also you're, you're going to driving be, like a dick. <laughs> yeah. Like you're speeding up to this toll booth. Who has a person inside it to be like dude what the fuck oh my gosh yeah at two in the morning so i'm sure it wasn't really busy or anything and they're (laughs) they're gonna remember you yeah (laughs) so then the four security cameras see christopher's jeep returning to campus at 8 30 a.m on november 15th (gasps) oh my gosh so so he definitely did it gone all night yeah sounds like he did it yep the neighbors of peter and joan also remember seeing a yellow jeep in the family driveway the night of the attack oh interesting i just 
distinctive car, people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who yeah. buys a yellow car? Not to say, like, anybody out there murdering shouldn't have a yellow car, because by all means, if you're going to go murder someone, have a yellow car so you can be caught. Yeah, so we can talk about it in our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but also, like, how dumb. I know. Well, most of the people that we talk about are really dumb. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> anyway... Meanwhile, Chris said he was at the dorm that night and that he had slept on the couch. Sure he did. Yeah. Your car just took off by itself. Yeah. And then when he woke up, he hung out with some guys and watched TV and went for a run at around 8 a.m. So basically, he's being like, this is totally my alibi. Yeah. But students from his dorm testified that they didn't see him sleeping there the night of the attack. Uh-huh. And police during, like interviews with him or interrogations with him uh-huh. were like okay so you woke up and then you went for a run and he's like yeah I just went for a run and they're like but why like you're wearing these sweatpants and stuff and he's like well yeah and they're like well when did you change and he's like I changed before I went to the run they're like well you didn't tell us that you changed like oh yeah they were kind of catching him in all of his little yeah. lies because he couldn't tell them exactly step by step what happened because that's not what happened yeah he was like making it up as he went exactly and getting caught in shit yeah and they're like well when did you have time to change you went for a run in blue jeans aha uh-huh. yeah so then i guess chris was also known to lie and was <laughs> no not, not chris, chris. Yeah. honest chris honest chris <laughs> no <laughs> exactly <laughs> And showed psychopathic and sociopathic behavior. Oh, shit. So we all know that he lied about the loans and the Jeep, right? Yes. Uh, but apparently he would also lie to his friends and say that he was from a wealthy family and they had oceanfront homes. Ooh. Like, just... Random shit. Yeah, like nonsense lies, I guess. Yeah. His dad, Peter, had also had a conversation with one of his coworkers where he said his youngest son, Chris, yeah. was a sociopath. Oh, so, so even the dad knew. Yeah, even the dad was like, this guy's got some issues. How sad is that? Yeah. I hope I never have to say that about my son. <laughs> I hope that as well. Although I'm like, I'm creating a monster. He throws bugs at me. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You're just creating a prankster. Yeah. He also had a history of burglarizing his parents' home and had, in 2003, stolen a laptop that he sold on eBay to someone in San Diego. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Shout out to us. hey He had stolen computers and cameras and would sell them on eBay, but then he got his account frozen because he would sell items and then not deliver them. Oh, what a jerk. Yeah. And he would pose as his own brother and say that his brother, him, yeah. had died and was unable to deliver the items. Oh, my God. Yeah, so this guy's, like, stealing identities, technically, or... He's getting, like, deeper and deeper into some big lies. Yeah. Police tripped him up in interviews when they were asking for his alibi and got him to admit that his timeline that morning was, like, a bit mushy. Was false. Yeah. <laughs> like, he made it up. <laughs> yeah. It was also kind of interesting. I read transcripts of the interviews, and then they would have little excerpts where they would, like, review bits and pieces and say textbook stuff, like, oh, every time he says, uh, he's stalling for time or whatever like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so almost the whole transcripts are online and kind of a longer read, but it was interesting. Yeah, to see, like, the psychology behind it all yeah so one like part he looked that, to the left and that's where you store your memories <laughs> right or whatever uh one part that kind of stuck with me which i don't know if i necessarily agree with but also i'm not an expert so take that with a great <laughs> but of i did stay at a holiday inn <laughs> <It's> stupid <laughs> but he kept saying things like i didn't have anything to do with it which infers that since he won't say I didn't kill them or I didn't murder them, uh-huh. that he's trying to distance himself from the event and can't say the actual lie. Oh, like what it is, what yeah. it is. Yeah, because anything to do with it is vague, whereas kill them or murder them is specific. Yeah. So he's not outright lying. Yeah. He's being like super Invasive. vague about it. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Just, it was interesting, yeah. Huh. At any rate... There was no physical evidence found against Chris. Really? Yeah. With, like, no fingerprints on the axe? No, I guess not. Huh. He may have been wearing gloves. I guess it wouldn't be that weird, too, if it's the family axe. Yeah, exactly. And his fingerprints were probably in the house somewhere, you know? Yeah. But no, like, footprints in blood, handprints in blood. They didn't say anything about him. Wow, no. interesting. But they were killed in their bed, so... Yeah. I mean, as long as he's not 
jumping on their bed or you know like (laughs) he may not have actually come into contact with that much blood i wonder if he knew that his dad like walked around i don't think so i think that was like after he left yeah awful wow but chris's boss john kearney was a veterinarian and testified that chris had been trained in cleaning up after animal surgeries Mm -hmm. and jurors had later said that that helped them to explain why no blood was found in his car or anything okay because if he cleaned it all i mean if you're trained to clean up blood and you clean it all up you might be able to get all of it yeah you might actually know what you're doing yeah chris was tried in 2006 and the defense tried to say that the police overlooked the possibility that peter's death could have been retaliation against peter's uncle Frank Porco, who mm-hmm. was a captain in the Bonanno crime family in New York City. Oh. Frank was a loan shark, and his nickname was the Fireman because he had been a New York City fireman. <laughs> Clever. I know. A real stretch. <laughs> but that could also connect the axe as the murder weapon. Oh, because he's a fireman? Yeah, and they carry axes, okay. I guess. But Chris was found guilty of second-degree murder and attempted murder. And December 12th, 2006, he was sentenced to 50 years to life on both counts. And he'll be eligible for parole in December of 2052. And obviously he's been appealing, but all of his appeals have been rejected. 48 Hours did an episode on this case, and I believe that Forensic Files did too. Ooh. So, yeah, some good bedtime fucking murder stories. Forensic Files is like the OG show. I know. <laughs> like I all started on. I know. I wanted to find that one because I was like, ooh, I want to watch that. I need to hear that voice. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I need to hear that voice again. <laughs> also, fun fact, his mom doesn't remember the night of the attack and doesn't believe that her son had anything to do with it. <gasps> what? Yeah really yeah and she is the reason that he's even the suspect yeah that he was looked at in the first place which i'm sure he would have been eventually but (gasps) wow at least so quickly wow isn't that insane? even after knowing that like his car left and came back at all the same times i guess wow yeah that's some like biological deep love for your child yeah wow yeah that is crazy. I would also like to point out that he attempted to kill two people with an axe, and one lived for hours and one lived. I was just thinking, like, I didn't realize that that was an option with an axe. Like, huh? to live? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was either. Like, wow. I don't know. Huh. I don't know, man. Oh my gosh, that is terrifying. Yeah. Well, goddamn. God that was an interesting one. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Steven. Yeah, thanks for those nightmares. Yeah, (laughs) holy shit, that happened just a couple blocks from his house? Yeah, like down the road from his high school or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. I wonder if he went to high school. Well, this guy was maybe older, I'm assuming, if he was in Yeah, he was in college in 2003. Yeah. So he's older than us, at least. Interesting. But, yeah. And the mom still lives in the town and everything. Wow. I don't think, I mean, I don't know what I would do with that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know life either. that you're handed afterward but also I don't know that I'd be able to face everyone in that town yeah that's a that's a tough one because Where everyone like, knows what happened and they think your son did it and you don't think your son did it exactly I definitely wouldn't go back to that house if I didn't think my son did it because I'd be like well I'm not safe yeah someone's gonna sneak in or something yeah the person's gonna come back but also the dog but then there was other accounts that said that the dog didn't bark at every stranger oh so dude, my dogs would go fucking nuts even if they know you yeah mine would too that's just what they do mm-hmm. that's how they say hello yeah <laughs> it's also how they say get out <laughs> it's also how they say hey go fuck yourself <laughs> please don't axe murder my family <laughs> <laughs> please don't i love them they feed me yeah wow god damn well you ready to tell me your story stacy i'm ready are you ready to hear it i'm so ready okay Okay, so speaking of listener story, I got a listener story also. You do? I do. This one was actually suggested by our Twitter follower, Big Daddy's Doll, who has suggested multiple stories. Nice. I actually don't know if this is really a suggestion or if she was just like, hey, have you guys heard of this one? (laughs) (laughs) Check this shit out. (laughs) But I read it and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm telling that story. Nice. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Big Daddy's Doll. (laughs) So this is the story of Annie McCann. Annie McAnn. Ha. <laughs> ha. It's not a good joke. <laughs> it's not a good joke at all, but it needed to be said. <laughs> I just needed it out of my head. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Proceed. All right. In 2008, Annie McCann was a 16-year-old high schooler who lived in Alexandra, Virginia. Okay. And she lived with both her mom and her dad, Mary Jane and Dan McCann. <laughs> we could go on forever with this McCann name. I know. Name. <laughs> it's the last names in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Annie was a good student who enjoyed playing basketball as well as art. Oh. You would, uh, you have a lot to... Uh. In common with her? Yes, thank you. I was like, yeah, except for the basketball part. So I guess you just like art. <laughs> yeah, because nothing else is in common with you at all. <laughs> It's like when your aunt learns that you like hummingbirds or some shit, and that's all you ever fucking get from your aunt exactly. like, for the rest of your life. It's like, uh, okay, I was 12, <laughs> and I happened to see a hummingbird. I don't. Need- and I said, ooh, they're pretty. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a fucking oh, she loves hummingbirds. ring and necklace and bracelet of hummingbirds and a exactly. t-shirt. Or when your aunt finds out that you're single. I know a boy. <laughs> exactly. Great. Okay, anyway. So Annie grew up in like a super Catholic house. And her art was inspired by that because she would draw a lot of, like, crosses and shit. Oh, that's nice. But she also really loved to draw pictures of her dog, Breezy Max. (laughs) Oh, that's a cute name. I love it. I don't know what kind of dog it was. It kind of looked like a golden retriever or golden lab or something Uh because there's a picture of her, but it never specified. And I didn't go back and look at the dog again to verify. (laughs) Yeah, because you knew I was going to (laughs) ask. I'm going off a memory. Exactly. I was like, oh, shit, Aaron's going to ask me. (laughs) So she was described as a, she being Annie, not the dog, mm-hmm. <laughs> was described as being kind of sheltered and like a homebody. And she had a close circle of friends, but she didn't really have like a lot of friends. And that she acted really young for her age. Okay. And she's 16? She's 16. Okay. She had just gotten her license and her parents would often let her use the family car, which was a white Volvo, and she would drive to and from school. Nice. Good, safe, reliable car. Yes. <laughs> Family car. <laughs> yeah. Definitely All, doesn't stand out. Not no. a distinctive car. No, not a distinctive car, which is unfortunate in this case. <laughs> oh. You want it to be distinctive. <laughs> oh, that's not good. On October 31st, 2008, Annie's mom, Mary Jane, Halloween? Left... Oh, it is Halloween. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so on Halloween, Annie's mom, Mary Jane, she left their home and took a six-hour drive to upstate New York to visit Annie's older brother, Sam who was there going to college. Okay. That same morning, Annie's father, Dan, he left for Washington, D.C., where he worked with the TSA, and he poked his head into Annie's room at about 6 o'clock in the morning to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Annie was on the bed, and it was dark in her room, but he could see her shape, like, under the blankets and stuff, and he said, I love you, and shut the door. All right. Later that day, Annie's mom becomes concerned because she hadn't heard from Annie. And I guess Annie always had a habit of calling after she got home from school. Mm-hmm. And it was like clockwork. And so when she didn't hear from her, she was like, uh, what the fuck's going on? Uh-oh. Yeah. So Mary Jane gets this instinct that something is wrong and calls the neighbor. And she asks the neighbor if there were any signs of Annie at the house. Like if the white Volvo was in the driveway or if she's seen her or anything like that. And the neighbor was like, no, the car's missing and I haven't seen her all day. Oh, no. Yeah. So Mary Jane calls her husband and tells him, like, no one can get a hold of Annie and you need to get home and check on her. Like, see what's going on. So Dan rushes home from work to see if he can find her. As he enters the house, he hears the phone ringing. And when he picks it up, it's a recording from the school notifying him that Annie has been out of school all day today. Oh, shit. And she hasn't made any of our classes. Like, she was absent from every single class. Uh-oh. So, her dad goes into her room and finds a note on her bed. And mm-hmm. the note reads, This morning I was going to kill myself, but I realized I can start over instead. If you really love me, you'll let me go. Nope. Uh, yeah. And then the note ended with, I'll be careful. Nope. Nope. I'm going to find your ass. Is it in her writing? I guess. They didn't, didn't really say it specify, wasn't. but no one ever speculated that she was like forced to write this or that somebody else wrote it. It was just a fact that this note was found on her bed. Okay. And they did also find other notes under her bed that were like scratched out, almost like suicide notes or something, but then they would be like scratched out like, nope, not this one. Yeah. Well, 16-year-old girl. Yeah who's you can't try i mean a homebody is that a note or is that a lyric from a song (laughs) fucking right (laughs) (laughs) 
because we've all written some sketchy lyrics that we think talk to us yeah it really speaks to me then as an adult you're like this is some fucking ominous shit yeah (laughs) why was i listening to this god i know exactly (laughs) (laughs) fucking feeling oh man so mary jane and annie's brother sam they immediately hop into the car and they start driving home and the dad calls the cops to report annie missing okay good yes they soon discover that Annie had taken $1,000 cash out of the home. Whoa. And all of her favorite clothes were taken, which what? I don't know how you know. Like, I wouldn't... As your best friend, who I consider almost a sister, basically a sister, I don't know your favorite clothes. Uh, <laughs> I think if I went through your closet... And I saw could, things. I could pick out, like... What None of her plain t-shirts are here. <laughs> Therefore, all of her favorite clothes are gone. That's true. Or like the one pair of skinny jeans that we can wear repeti- exactly. repeated- repetitively. But also, I could tell you all of Brandon's favorite shirts. No, I couldn't tell them to you, but like I could go through his closet oh, yeah. and be like, he wears this fucking group right here. I could go through Lee's closet and pick out what he likes, but I wouldn't be able to tell you that they were missing, I don't think. I think if I were to look through it, though, I'd be like, all of this is just his polos, therefore. <laughs> yeah, I guess if there's, like, a significant amount missing. Yeah. Like, all of his Padre shirts are gone. Those are all of his favorite shirts. I wouldn't even be able to go through my son's clothes and tell you what's missing. <laughs> oh, well, that's because kids have way too many that's true. clothes. That's very true. But anyway... Her favorite clothes were missing. Yeah. And a box of Cheerios. It'd be like if 16-year-old me's AFI sweater was gone. (laughs) Then I'd know you left. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I took that with me somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is true. And all of my band shirts. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Which was like five that we rotated. (laughs) Exactly. So see, exactly. The favorite clothes. I get it. Okay. That's true. That's true. (laughs) But wait, she also took a box of Cheerios. (laughs) Oh. Well, road trip snacks. Yeah. I'm hungry. (laughs) You only have $1,000 to start over with, so... That's true. You don't want to be blowing it at the 7-Eleven getting yeah. hot Cheetos. Yeah, and Cheerios. I mean, mom and dad's Cheerios are free. <laughs> That's true, but the worst road trip snack I've ever heard of. Maybe they were Honey Nut. Unless... Well, they better have been Honey Nut, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> but unless you're a two-year-old, those are the worst road trip snacks ever. <laughs> true. So the police come and they don't seem too concerned about Annie's disappearance because she left a note and everything. So they figure that she's just running away. Like yeah. this isn't, she's acting out and it's a typical runaway behavior. Yeah. She's safe. She's just not home. Yeah. So be on the lookout, right? Yeah. Bolo for that. That's right. But then 48 hours after Annie quote unquote ran away on November 2nd, 2008, the Baltimore, Maryland police department get a phone call and this is. Baltimore, Maryland is like 50 miles from her home. Okay. That a man who lived in the Perkins Home Housing Projects was taking out his trash and discovered the body of a female teenager behind one of the dumpsters. Uh. That's not good. No. What was this man doing behind the dumpster? Well, I feel like he was just taking the trash out and maybe saw some legs poking out or something. And okay. was like, what the fuck's going on over here? Maybe. Yeah. Someone throw away a mannequin? Yeah. Anyway. So, he finds her behind a dumpster okay the body looked to have no apparent signs of trauma and there was no like obvious cause of death by looking at her she just looked like a dead girl behind a dumpster which also i'm thinking of like the projects there's a white teenage girl behind a dumpster that dude had to be like oh fuck this shit yeah i'm out (laughs) yeah i'm gonna call the cops and not such a thing i'm not even putting my trash in that dumpster (laughs) yeah i don't want to be at all associated with this (laughs) yeah So, as the detectives start looking around, they find a backpack close to the body. And inside the backpack, they they find a hall pass from Annie's high school. Uh Uh-oh. And Annie's driver's license. So, they know who this person is, right? Okay. The Baltimore police notify the Fairfax County Police, which is where Annie is from. And the body is positively identified as Annie's. Oh. Annie's parents are... What the hell is she doing out there? uh, Right? You don't run away and go to the projects. I mean, if you only have $1,000 to start over with, you might. Maybe, yeah. You think she was, like, looking for a place to stay? She could have been, yeah. Maybe. So Annie's parents are obviously notified, and they, like, collapse in grief because they're still kind of thinking that she just ran away also. Yeah. They're not expecting to find her dead. That's so sad. I know. But they don't know where her car is. So the police start looking for Annie's car, and they eventually find it, and it's abandoned at a nearby gas station. Okay. That white Volvo. 
And in the car, they find a partial fingerprint. And when they run it through the database, they get a hit on it. And it's a local teenager who's, like, known to cause trouble with the police before. Local in her hometown? Or? No, no, no. In Baltimore. Okay. This is all happening in Baltimore right okay. now. So the police go hunt down the boy and they talk to him. And they ask him, like, how is your fingerprint in the car? What the fuck is going on? How are yeah. you tied to this, right? Yeah. And so he claims that he and some of his friends found Annie's car, and it was abandoned in the projects, mm-hmm. and they decided to take it for a joyride. But when they opened the car, they discovered that Annie was dead inside and that she was, like, face down in the back seat. So they said that they dumped her body behind the dumpster and took the car for a joyride. What? Uh, I listed some obvious things wrong with that. I literally wrote my notes. I'm sorry. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Number one. Number one. If you find a dead body, even if you don't report it, you don't fucking touch that shit, right? Yeah. Like, you're not like, uh, I'm going to move this body. Instead, you're going to be like, huh, I'm going to fucking find a different car to joyride in. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if you are like, I- I'm going to move it, you call the cops and then be like, I'm going to move it. Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> I, I just want feel you like to I know that I have nothing to do with this. You don't then just dump it because then your DNA is all over it. And obviously you're going to get blamed for this thing. Uh, right? What the hell? Like you have. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call the cops to be like, I'm moving it. I just wouldn't move it. Or I'd gear up to move it. But then I'd just be like, I'm not going to go for a joyride. Yeah. I would just leave it. Yeah. I'll find a different car. Yeah. I'd find another car without a dead girl in it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if I'm in the projects. Yeah. I mean, really, it doesn't matter where you're at, but especially if you're in the projects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if people are looking to blame shit on you, yeah, don't give them any reason. No. That's a good reason. Why was only a partial print found and not, like, all a the other prints? Them. Like, all your friends were in the car, too, and there was only a partial print found. Maybe they tried to wipe it down after. Yeah, but do you wipe down a car that you just joyride in? Uh, I would wipe down a car that a dead girl was found in that I just joyride in. <laughs> That's true. That's true, but I feel like it, I feel like normally if you're joyriding a car, you just like hop yeah. in. You just pop out at the next red light. Or like, wear gloves. Like, yeah. But then you wouldn't get a partial print on there. No. I don't know. I wonder how, I've always wondered how hard it is to actually wipe down prints. How hard is what? Like how hard it is to wipe down oh, prints. Oh yeah, I don't know. Like, Because like you see them do it in movies and they're just like, whoop, 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 like good. Yeah. You have to be pretty fucking thorough. I would think so, too. And, like, doesn't the oil stay? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, so maybe he tried to, like, wipe them down? I don't know. Maybe. Still a terrible fucking idea. Oh, an awful idea. Find a different car. As soon as they opened the door and saw a dead girl, I should have been like, I'm noping the fuck out of here. Yeah. Because that's fucking 25 to life. Yeah. I'm out of here. So, another one of the people who supposedly was in the car was somebody by the name of Darnell Kinlaw. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's going to turn up in a future case here in a second. Oh, so just keep him in mind, right? So they have a couple people that they're looking at. Mm -hmm. Did he have the same story? I don't know. They never really solidify like, oh, did everybody come together? Same story. This is really what happened. Yeah. But let's continue. Okay. (laughs) So the police find an empty bottle of Bactine with the lid removed by the car. I don't know if it was in the car or by the car. Okay. So the... Just so people know, Bactine is an antiseptic that's used to prevent infections, and Mm -hmm. it's often used to keep, like, piercings clean, Mm -hmm. like if you get a new piercing. And it just so happens that Annie had just gotten her ears pierced, so it's likely that the bottle was hers. Okay. So Why was it empty? I don't like this. Yep. So an autopsy is performed on Annie's body, and it's found that she didn't have any real significant trauma done to her body. Like I said, like, you could look at her and see that, but also, like, even as they opened her up and everything there wasn't a lot of trauma yeah so they did a toxicology report and they run her blood and the results are shocking shock me get ready annie's blood comes back with a small amount of alcohol in her system but a large amount of lidocaine in her system oh and is that the bactine lidocaine is a numbing agent found in over-the-counter medicines like bactine okay can you i mean i guess this is where this is going but can you overdose on Bactine? Evidently. You can overdose on lidocaine. Yeah, but like one bottle of Bactine is going to have that much lidocaine in it? We'll get into it. All right. So the detectives run forensics on the Bactine bottle, and they find Annie's DNA is on the lip of the bottle. <gasps> and this particular bottle was like a spray pump kind, so yeah. it had to be removed. Like, you have to remove the pump for her DNA to get on there. Yeah. And so 
she either removed it or somebody else removed it and then forced her to drink from the bottle. Okay. I feel like maybe, but also that seems like a really weird way to like, kill someone. <laughs> to kill someone, yeah. Like, I feel like not a lot of people would know that that would actually harm you. Right. Because well, I honestly didn't think it would. I didn't think it would either. And like, it even, might make you sick, is yeah, what I would think. Like, I don't want to drink that. Yeah, like, it probably tastes gross. Yeah. I had my lip pierced, and I would put it on there, and then it would taste gross, so I wouldn't <laughs> want to drink it, but... Yeah, but if you're, like, a suicidal teen... Yeah, I wonder what the bottle says. I think I have some in my bathroom. I should look. To read it? Yeah. Well... I'll get into that a little more. Okay. The manner of death comes back as lidocaine poisoning, but it was undetermined how it got into her system. Yeah, like it was obviously forceful or it was, not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So after receiving the results, the police determined that Annie had run away from home, committed suicide by drinking the vaccine, and that those kids had come along and found, like, hit her body and took her car for a joyride. Okay. I don't know why they believe the story. Why they didn't question, like, I didn't, couldn't find any more about the boys or whatever, but they, the police believe that the boys really did just find her body. Well, I wonder what other, um, you said you're going to get into Darnell a little bit more, but I wonder what other, because you said this other guy was, like, a troublemaker. What other crimes did he do? Was it, like, armed robbery, or was it, like, fucking yeah, it didn't specify. loitering and vandalism, Yeah, you know? it didn't specify what it was. Yeah, because it could have been out of character for him. Uh, to like murder, murder a person yeah yeah but or they're teenagers they start somewhere right i guess i don't know i don't find it that big of a stretch right now yeah. as of yet okay so also i just made a little blurb here saying like why if you're gonna commit suicide why would you do it by a dumpster like why would you pull your car over in the projects and just drink it by a dumpster i don't know it just seems kind of weird and like you were known to leave notes but she didn't leave a note yeah that's true. Yeah. Also, why, like, go so far out of your hometown? 50 miles away, yeah. And take $1,000 from your parents? Like, why go through all of the trouble of running away if you're going to kill yourself? Yeah. And like you said, how did you know drinking Bactine would kill you? Yeah, that's weird to me. So her parents refused to believe that Annie committed suicide, right? They're like, yeah. no fucking way. So they question exactly what we were just saying. Like, why did she go to Baltimore? We had no ties there in the family. And why did the police only find a trace of DNA on the lip of the Bactine bottle and not like Annie's fingerprints and stuff? Okay, yeah. So they finally get Annie's body back from the Baltimore police. Like, they had done an autopsy and everything. Mm -hmm. So they had it prepared for burial. And the funeral home prepping the body, when she came in, they become concerned because her heart and brain were missing. Uh, oh, remember the one I did about a fucking missing organ? Exactly! So this happens again. The Baltimore medical examiner had failed to return those organs back to her body. What? And so her parents were like, well, what else did you fucking miss? Like, yeah. you forgot to give me part of my kid back. Yeah. So they're even more suspicious, right? Yeah, that's pretty shady. Okay. Right? You're and swaying me onto a, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Buckle up. It's gonna be a ride. Okay. So the funeral home body prepper person was like, <laughs> that's an official title. <laughs> yeah. It's on her badge. <laughs> was just looking at the body and everything. And they claim that there's no way that this was a suicide based off of the body's condition. Really? I guess Annie had a goose egg bruise on her forehead. Like she had been hit with something. Uh-oh. And she had about 40 small cuts and abrasions all over her body. Even oh one that appeared to be a cigarette burn on her face. <gasps> No. And. What? Yeah. And then, and none of this was reported in the original autopsy. They were like, there's no obvious trauma to the body. And what I find even more odd is that the funeral prepper person claims that her fingers were all shriveled up. Like they had, like her body had been soaked in water for hours or something. What? And that's like not a normal thing for a body to do. Is that like at all normal in an autopsy situation? I don't think so. Like, I don't Like, know. this person was alarmed to receive the body like this. Okay. They were like, some shit isn't right. So when the parents received the autopsy photos, they also claim that they see the letter J on her ankle, almost like branded, like a tattoo or something oh, or God. drawn. And they, they claim they saw signs of sexual abuse. I don't know what that means. I, I don't, don't think I would want to look at that if I was a parent. No, hell no. To try and determine that. Uh, no, 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 no. How long had she been gone before she was found 48 hours so two days okay yep i mean it's enough time to 
torture a person. Yep. So the parents believe that their daughter was tortured and killed and that the Baltimore police had gotten this all wrong, so they hire a private investigator. Her parents even went to Capitol Hill and got Senator Charles Grassley to contact the Baltimore police, the FBI, and Bearer, the company that makes Bactine, uh-huh. to be like, yo, you guys need to look into this further. There's no way that this is a suicide. You got it wrong. Yeah. Like, please help motivate them to look into this a little differently, right? Yeah. So the senator contacts everybody, and the police and the FBI stand by their conclusion of suicide. What? By Bactine. Mm-hmm. But Bayer came back, and they said that they had talked to the Baltimore police during this investigation, and they didn't think that there was enough lidocaine in a five-ounce bottle of Bactine to actually cause death. I wouldn't think so either. Yeah. But I, I'm, I mean... I have no idea. I don't know. I really want to know what the warning label says now. Yeah, but the company was like, there's not enough in there. So it's unlikely that it caused death. And the police didn't take, take that, that advice. Account. And instead they were like, she committed suicide and it's by this. But also if you have the medical examiner saying that it's lidocaine poisoning or whatever it was, like the yeah. police don't know that information. Like that's something they, ha- they have to get from the medical examiner, which they could tell the medical examiner, like make it so it was this, I guess. But yeah. Oh, no, I don't think that they did that. I just think that, you know, there's a lot of lidocaine in her system and instead of trying to figure out how or why they're like oh we only had a five ounce bottle here and the company says that it wouldn't kill them but i bet it did you know yeah yeah instead of looking at everything and questioning it and digging it it was just more like like that's what she did so that's what happened yeah so the private investigator starts asking people around baltimore if they had seen annie prior to her death yeah and a waitress at a coffee shop comes forward and says that she saw her with some like roughed up looking woman who had puke yellow painted nails and wore heavy makeup. Okay. So a crackhead. Yeah, basically a crackhead or maybe a prosty or something. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, no one has been able to track this woman down. Like no one knows who she is or anything. Mm-hmm. But it's a possible lead somewhere. Mm-hmm. Three years after Annie's death, another woman winds up dead who's 26 year old Lakeisha Player. And her car was stolen, and the murderer, who was Darnell Kinlaw, what? was one of the suspects in Annie's death, who took that car for the joyride or whatever. Yeah. But Baltimore police determined that while there's a lot of similarities in the case, Lakeisha was not poisoned, so Darnell didn't do it. He, I guess, shot Lakeisha, and so they were like, the only thing this proves is that Darnell would murder, and if he did, he would do it with a gun, not with poison. It seems pretty rough right like i feel like loosey-goosey yeah also how you said there were like four dudes in this car in the yeah. original one like maybe he wasn't the one that actually killed her that time but he was there when it happened yeah but he was there when it happened and if you are a murderer maybe you're associating with other people who are like are going that. to be yep yeah exactly so the parents even get to meet with darnell in person Oh, God. Because he gets, like, convicted, right? Goes to prison, right? Yeah. So they go to his prison, and they talk to him to be like, Feel him out. Do you know anything about this? Just tell us, right? Yeah. He totally denies killing Annie, and the parents believe him that he had nothing to do with it. And so now the McCanns are, like, deflated, right? Yeah. We don't have anything to go off of here. What the hell happened to our kid? Yeah. So 2020 covered the case. I don't know when. I didn't write down. But they cover the case and they consulted with an outside forensic pathologist. Not hired by the McCanns. Not hired by the police. Just on their own. Yeah. They're like, look at this case. Tell us what you think. Yeah. That pathologist claims that half of a five ounce bottle of Bactine has two grams of lidocaine in it, which can be fatal. Oh. Which is interesting that the company is saying, no, it's not. But then this pathologist is saying it is. But I wonder if the company is saying it because they don't want to have to add warnings and everything to their bottles. Yeah. And it's never really been investigated. Yeah. The company could just be trying to save face at that point. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Wasn't our med. Wasn't our shit. Yeah. Don't try and blame this on us. Yeah. He also reviewed the autopsy photos and he said that it's likely that she could have been assaulted, sexually assaulted or something, Mm -hmm. but that you couldn't really tell. He also is speculating that because she had some alcohol in her system, somebody could have poured the Bactine into her alcohol. And he also says that you can't predict suicide or when it's going to happen, so that's likely too. Like, he was kind of like, 
She could have been assaulted. Someone could have forced her to drink this Bactine or even spiked her alcohol or something like that and made her sick. Yeah. Or she could have committed suicide. It's really not clear one way or the other. Yeah. But he looked at the autopsy photos, right? And he said that if her fingers were wrinkly, she could have been drowned in like a bathtub or something and gotten the bump on her forehead from when somebody like held her face in the water. Oh, God. But he didn't see any wrinkly fingers in any of the autopsy photos. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, the person that took the body was the funeral home body prepper person. Yeah. Isn't necessarily a trained medical examiner. Exactly. She just knows what she's used to seeing. Yeah. So she might have been like, that's different. And then they're like, yeah, but it's not that. Yeah, it's not that alarming. Yeah. Maybe. He also said that the J on her ankle could just be blood settling. Okay. And I do want to say, I looked at the pictures. <laughs> Gross. And the J on her ankle. Yeah. It looks kind of like box letter J. Like you're imagining like a tattooed letter J or something. Yeah. But it kind of looks like box letter J. It does look pretty perfect, but it kind of just looks like blood settling. Like it's yeah. not very dark. It's not a tattoo. I don't know. It could be. Either. I don't think I would have noticed it. Although yeah. I'm not a grieving parent digging for answers. Clues. Yeah. yeah. Another theory is that Annie ran into some bad people that were into like human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And I guess Bactine was found to be used to drug victims of human trafficking because it would like subdue them oh and then they would like rape and molest them and send them off to people to be raped and molested yeah yeah and that maybe that's what she ran into and that she'd been given too much of it and she died and so the people freaked out and like left her body there and that could also explain why there's a j kind of like a brand from like a pimp or something on her ankle there's a lot of interesting theories on this yeah Another theory, which I found on Reddit, which I kind of like the most so far. Uh-huh. But I can be swayed to either one of them, like, given all the information. Yeah. Is that Annie was anorexic or had an eating disorder. And in all of her pictures, she's a very thin girl. Mm-hmm. Not to say you can tell that just by looking at a picture or anything. But they all say that she was, like, a homebody and, you know. Yeah. Quiet and suicidal and everything. So that perhaps she had an eating disorder. And she was using Bactine to make herself puke after binging. And supposedly she was found with like a full stomach in her. I don't know that this is true or not. This is just what Reddit says. Yeah. Is that her stomach was full. And maybe she accidentally drank too much of the Bactine to make herself throw up. To induce puking. It was like an accidental. Yeah. Or the lidocaine could build up in your system over time. And she accidentally OD'd that way. Like, you keep drinking it, and it stays in your system and takes a while to leave. Yeah. And the last time you drink it, you OD. Oh. I wonder what her parents think about, like, did she have an eating disorder? I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing on there. And it's Reddit, so I don't know how much I believe it. Yeah. But it's a very interesting theory. And if so, I mean, looking at pictures and speculating wildly, I could see that. But it's still weird that you would do that by a dumpster in the projects. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you're going to throw up anywhere. Maybe, yeah. Maybe she's like, I need a dumpster. I'm going to go yak. Yeah, I'm going to go throw up by a dumpster. Yeah. And, I mean, if you were to, like, overdose on something, the goose egg bump bruise on her forehead could be, like, from falling over. That's true. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I have a theory on the goose egg bump on her forehead thing. Okay. One of the cases I had studied was talking about skull cap slip, which is, like... When you have an autopsy done, they cut your skull open and get your brain out, right? Yeah. And when they put your body back together, it doesn't quite, your skull doesn't quite sit back on your head, right? So it kind of protrudes your forehead. Okay. And it kind of changes your profile. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they were right in that there wasn't really any external damage. Yeah. But I don't know if that picture was taken before or after the autopsy was performed. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, that's the case of Annie McCann. We don't know who did it. We don't know what happened or if anyone did it. If she committed suicide, nobody or knows. accidental suicide. God yep. damn. Yep. That's crazy. Lidocaine poisoning. So nobody, uh, nobody drink Bactine. Who knew? Who knew? That shit tastes gross. <laughs> I've never tasted Just it. Just an FYI. Well, God damn. All right. That's a fucking doozies. Yep. Per our huge. Per huge. All right. If you guys want to see pictures pertaining to these cases, check them out on isgdpodcast.com. Which I definitely do in your case. 
Yeah. Should I put those <laughs> autopsy photos on there? I don't know. Maybe a link to it. Like we always talk. They're not about. gross. I mean, it's like her feet. I'm, I won't do the face. Okay. Even yeah. the face is just the forehead. It's not really like anything. But her feet, it just looks like you're looking at like, you know, a dead person's feet. But you can see the J. Oh, okay. I'll yeah. just do that one. And if yeah. you guys want to see more, I can. Link them. I don't know if I want to link them. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want to see more, you can Google it. Yeah. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ISGD Podcast. You can snail mail us at P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Everybody go subscribe, rate, and review us. We love those reviews. They yep. mean the world to us. And email us any cases at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. We will try to get to them. If we haven't gotten to one that you have requested yet, it's not because we don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's either we're having trouble keeping track of all of them. Yes, it's <laughs> probably that one. Because there's been a few where I've opened them up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do that. And then I can't find it again. And I'm uh -huh. like, oh crap, which one was that? Yeah. First of all, we have to apologize because we need to become way more organized in that manner. Because yeah. we'll both read it and be like, ooh, cool, we have a case. And then we don't list it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't write it down. And then anything. we lose track. Yeah. But also sometimes we look into them and it's like going to be a hard one where we have to dig. Yeah. And we procrastinate so much, but I'm about to be on maternity leave. So maybe those ones I can do more. Ooh, there you go. I'll have more yeah. time to research. Yeah. Yeah. But seriously, you guys, thank you so much for sending those suggestions because you help us so much pick cases that one, we've never heard of and yeah. two, a lot of other people haven't and they're interesting as fuck. You guys are good at this. Yeah. So keep them coming. You guys are killing it. You definitely are. And I like being able to be like, oh, this is from someone's hometown. Because yeah. a lot of the time, these hometown ones, like, I know a lot of shit that has happened around here, but it's not necessarily going to pop up on a Google search. Like, Absolutely. you have to do, like, the names or whatever, you know? Yep. Exactly. So, that's super helpful. Yes, we love them. And also, while we're here, we better mention that it's Father's Day today. Hell yeah, it is. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Yeah, all of our father listeners. Doing dad stuff. Yeah. Telling dad jokes. Yeah. Okay, we love all of you fathers out there who yes. are fucking killing it being dads. Yes, it's not easy. No, it's not. And you have to put up with us crazy moms. Yeah. So, listen, we appreciate you motherfuckers. We really appreciate you motherfuckers. We love you yeah and keep being there and doing you yes and you're killing it yes what else i think that's it i think we're ready to let these folks go all right we love you drive safe everybody till next time bye toodaloo motherfucker <laughs> and if you're all caught up on our podcast stay tuned for a promo from true crime recaps podcast Okay, Amy, tell us what the podcast is about. True Crime Recaps Promo Take One. It's a conversation about crime. Like if you're on the phone with a friend who swears a lot. Episodes are less than 30 minutes. It's bite-sized chunks of true crime. Say your name. I'm your host, Amy Townsend. Wrap it up. True Crime Recaps, it's the fastest way to get your true crime fix. New episodes released weekly. Subscribe to True Crime Recaps wherever you get your podcasts or visit truecrimerecaps.com. Thank you.